I am so excited today about who our guest is on Connections, the podcast. I get the opportunity to talk to Mandy. And so Mandy, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. It's so exciting. Isn't this time of year just crazy? Like the excitement that is built up around this thing. Oh, it's like Christmas, I feel like, in the mops world. It's my favorite time of year. <laughs> I would agree. It is definitely my favorite time of the year. Uh, we have watched uh, the buildup of everybody's excitement towards this day and then to actually get to tell them. And then the rally cry that goes out around the world um, is just crazy. And no matter where we are in the world, we take the time to tune in and watch. And um, so we're really glad that you are here. So. Are you ready? I am. And last year for the Themerville, weren't you? Were you in Italy? Oh my Where gosh. Yes. Christina and I were doing our European, you know, leadership tour, so to speak. And the day of the theme reveal, we got on a pedicab and the driver was this adorable young Italian opera singer. And he's taking us around the city and we're like, hey, at 10 a.m. with our time, Denver time, we have to get to an internet cafe. So he said, I have the perfect thing for you. He pedals us up to his friend's little cafe, makes us the best cappuccino I swear I've ever had in my whole life. He sat down with us and he watched the theme reveal. And he, he brought him to tears because oh, the video wow. was so beautiful. And we were stunned because he sat there with us drinking coffee and he was crying and he said, you know, my sister has really suffered with postpartum depression and she needs something like this. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so I love how um, even men really get the fact that women need connection and community. So uh, I'm sitting in quarantine at my house <laughs> and you're <laughs> at yours and we are uh, doing this that way this year. So it will look a little different but it's still the same. Absolutely. All right. So tell us the words of what this year's theme is. All right. So our theme this year is decide to rise. Oh, gosh, I love it. Do you not feel honestly like you did this a year ago that it was such, you know, designed for such a time as this? Absolutely. It's so surprising to me every year that, the process of deciding what the theme is going to be is so orchestrated by God. And he knows so far in advance uh, what we're going to be facing and really pulls together these concepts in a way that we don't even imagine how they're going to be applicable in a year from when we're putting them together. And now it's so clear that God has designed this especially for this time and this unprecedented uh, experience that we're all having together. I know it, it's actually kind of crazy. I was thinking last week, because obviously as, you know, being on MOP staff, we know the theme ahead mm -hmm. of time um, and work with you to get all the stuff ready. But I just was in shock really to think, wow, God, you've done, out, outdid yourself this year mm -hmm. in uh, directing you. And I just want to ask you that question because every year I, I think to myself, okay, she outdid herself. This is it. This is like the best, my favorite, the absolute favorite. And then the next year comes around. I'm like, oh no, it's this year. I love this year more than anything. It's my favorite. So can you just tell us a little bit about what is your process? Like, how do you come up with 
this theme idea? And then how do you really know that that's the one you want to land on? Absolutely. So like we mentioned earlier, it's a whole year process. So I have an appointment on my calendar for two weeks from now to start brainstorming for next year's theme, which is just insane. But um, really what I do is I start by taking a whole day and I go out and I hike and I pray and I just try and be really quiet and listen to where God is leading. And then um, over the next two months, I really pour through scripture and I wake up every morning and I have this little rug by the side of my bed and I kneel down and I just ask God to give me the vision, the, the words, the Bible verse that he really wants us to rally around. And so it's a lot of time listening Mm -hmm. and praying and seeking and searching. And then once I have a couple ideas of where I think God is leading us, I write them up. And I send them out to our team at MOPS and it's you and our marketing team and a lot of other trusted people. And we collectively come together and we brainstorm and we pray and we think through what do the moms that we're going to serve this next year really need to hear. And usually it's pretty unanimous that God is leading us all in the same direction and we all feel you know, drawn toward a specific concept. And then I take that concept and I build it out and I uh, flesh it out, the exegesis of it. And then we send it out to pastors and church leaders and moms to get feedback and to get their perspective on how God is speaking into the theme and wanting to make sure that it reflects scripture and the authority of scripture and uh, the legacy of the church. And so we really work hard to integrate a lot of different voices into the theme, recognizing that God speaks through each of us differently. And we want to really make sure that we're listening to a lot of different voices as we finalize what the theme is going to be for the year. And then once we finalize the exegesis and the theme write-up, And it's been months and months of praying and seeking and doing Bible studies and going through all sorts of lexicons and doing deep dives into the Greek and Hebrew. Um, We pass it along to the marketing team and they take it and they make it beautiful and they build out all of the collateral. And then it goes to your team, which is the leadership experience team and global team. And they translate it and create all the leader resources. And it is this huge team effort that starts uh, with me praying, but it really is so much bigger and more complex and more important than that. It is 50 people around the world working on this theme to make it what it is. And really I have a very small part in it and it's actually your team and the marketing team and all the voices around the world who really make it big and beautiful and and give it life. And so um, it is a, a huge team process and ultimately, it lands us on April 1st and we get to share it with everybody. So you can speak more into all the leader resources that we have and they are incredible. I have been so moved reading them and, and seeing the collective voices of leaders around the world coming together to train and to encourage and to really speak into where we as an organization are going this year and what we're going to train moms to do. So it's, It's so exciting and I can't wait for all of our leaders to see the materials you have put together. Well, first of all, you're very humble. And that's one of the things I love most about you. 
and you are a very humble leader. And I thank you, and not only from me personally, but from our team and from our leaders around the world for taking the time to pray and to listen to what God is telling you. And it really is a cool process. I mean, I had no idea. For years, I was on staff at a church. And so as the women's ministry director, I received all the MOPS materials. And it was a fun day. And we couldn't wait for the theme reveal. And we'd unpack the box and get super excited. And then we'd figure out how to use it. And it, it always just seemed incredible and amazing. And I knew it took a lot of work because we did similar things, right? for our women's ministry department, but this is such a collaborative project. And I think that's what I love so much about it is it does start with this time that you spend with God. And then, as you said, you bring it to others, you, you really flush it out with everybody and, and you're right. Everyone agrees on it. It's, it's almost like God is saying, yep, you're right, girls. This is, this is what we've done. And then when everybody's taking a look at it, it is just incredible. And then I cannot say enough um, again every year. I'm like, this is beautiful. It's amazing. But there's something really special about this year and the colors and the vibrancy of it and the call to action. And so um, tell us a little bit about the theme verse. Okay, so this year is a little bit unique. And we actually have two verses that we're really focusing on. And the first one comes out of Psalm 139 and it says I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful I know that full well and the second is out of Judges 5 7 and the verse is the villagers ceased in Israel they ceased to be until I arose I Deborah arose as a mother in Israel and I know that in reading those two verses it's like what in the world do those two verses have to do with each other and that's a fair um, judgment assessment. But here's the deal. In Psalm 139, we read that God has created each of us. He's woven us together, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and that he has intention for each of us individually. And then we read this amazing story about this woman named Deborah who was appointed a judge over Israel and it happened at a time in Israel's history when they were being oppressed they were living in bondage and in slavery and they had made bad choices and were now under this rule that was backbreaking and so Deborah arises as a judge but not only is she a judge but she's a leader and a warrior and a prophetess and a singer I know, um, the, right? isn't that so cool <laughs> i know <laughs> but the cool part about deborah is there's the verse that we are rallying around and, and in this context she says that she arose as a mother in israel and what she did as a mother in israel is she completely freed a nation from their oppression and uh in the exegesis we explain that how it goes down is that Israel's living in oppression. Deborah hears from God about a plan. He, he downloads this plan to her about how to free the nation. And so the first step in freeing the nation is she's supposed to go to this word named Barak. And she says, Barak, I need you to gather 10,000 troops and we're going to go and fight the army of the king who is oppressing us. And uh, the leader of the army's name is Sisera. And what Barack and Deborah both know is that this army has hundreds of huge chariots and they're well resourced. And uh, so it's going to be a battle. 
And Barack looks at Deborah and he says, okay, I'll do it, but I'm only going to go into battle if you go with me. And so Deborah says, yes, I'll go with you. They take their 10,000 troops. They go up the mountain. And as they come down the other side, they totally defeat Sisera's army and Sisera ends up running away. And the interesting part is that Deborah, at the very start of this, when she and Barak are agreeing to go into battle, she prophesies that um, Sisera will be delivered into the hands of a woman and everybody assumes it's going to be Deborah. But actually what happens is that Sisera runs away. He runs into the tent of a woman named Yael and she lulls him to sleep with milk and then covers him with a carpet like a blanket and then drives a, pe a tent peg through his head, which is, you know, you just can't make this stuff up. It's just crazy. Um, but essentially Sisera, the leader of the army is defeated that day in the hands, by the hands of a woman. And uh, so God uses Deborah and this position that she's been put in. She's been fearfully and wonderfully made and she recognizes that and steps in to this beautiful uh, privilege, this beautiful um, anointing, the power that God has given her, not only in her body, but in her mind to do something significant. And she does it because she arose as a mother. And so it's just this really intricate weaving of God's story together to recognize that the story of God overlays the story of our own individual lives. And so we too have that call to recognize that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that we are being called to arise as a mother to do significant things and possibly to free nations from oppression and bondage. And so it is a big message that we are holding this year as an organization, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do with it. It really is. I, I actually have goosebumps, honestly, as you were talking, because I just thought Deborah believed that she was fearfully and wonderfully made. And she listened to what God was telling her. And if we just did those two things, like if we really believed that God made us and he made us in his image and it's beautiful and we're fearfully and wonderfully made, like those words, if we just soak that in and then listen to him and acted accordingly, wow, right? And I think that's what we're trying to do this year. Like we, we now operate in 67 countries. Mm -hmm. And so there are women around the world that need this message. They need to know that God fearfully and wonderfully made them. And he's calling them to do really great things with their lives, just the way they are. Absolutely. And it's really interesting to me because I feel like our theme this year speaks to all the moms who are coming through our door, but I also think it has really significant lessons for us as leaders, I listening agree. to God, praying, taking action when we need to, when God tells us to do something, to go and do it and do it boldly. So there's a lot of uh, messages and um, teaching that I think we're going to experience as leaders over the course of this year. I think that's um, when I first read it, when you first sent it over, I just kept thinking to myself, oh my goodness, there's so much here and it's so rich, but it is, it is also inspiring. And so I think this year people are going to find themselves uh, inspired by your words, inspired by the creation of just even how it looks, these bold, beautiful colors that we're going to 
uh, show everybody. And so you did a great job telling us about the exegesis because it's really important to know scripture and know what that means and how we can apply it to our daily lives in 2020. You know, mm -hmm. this happened a long time ago, but wow, can't you just see uh, yourself in this story? And so every year uh, we create these uh, tenants. And I want to talk about that for just a second because what tenants are and what they aren't. So the tenants are our way of helping our leaders and our moms around the world to really put into action ways in which they can live out scripture. It's not telling you this is what the scripture says. That's not what it is. And so we have three beautiful tenants this year. And I would love to um, have you tell us a little bit about each one and just tell us why you think it's important to give tenants for our leaders and moms to live out. Yeah, so the tenants uh, started a couple of years ago <clears throat> really to help us expand the conversations that we were having over the course of the year. And like you said so eloquently, it doesn't, it's not a breakdown of the, the verses. It's not, uh, it doesn't come straight from the scripture. It's really just an extension, a, a way to expand the conversation and give us nuanced ways of talking with moms who come through our door about the things that they might be struggling with. So our three tenants this year, the first one is be strong. And this is really about getting strong mentally and physically and owning our bodies so that we can do all of the things that God is calling us to do. Because so often we shrink away or we feel like we're going to look silly or worried that we're not strong enough to do something. And so really we want to focus on what it looks like to be strong. And in the context of leadership, I think it's being strong in the ways that we own our leadership. It's being okay with criticism occasionally. It's, it's building up our, our skin and our muscle to recognize that we can't make everybody happy all of the time. And so there's all sorts of nuances of what it looks like to be strong, to be courageous, to be confident, and really owning this body that is fearfully and wonderfully made. The second tenet is to do our work. And doing our work happens in big and small ways, but really it's doing the thing that is not the easiest to do, but that is really, really essential to our growth. And uh, I tell this story in a lot of the videos that you're gonna watch this year about a book uh, titled Upstream by Dan Heath. And he shares this parable that I cannot get out of my head. I think about it on a daily basis and essentially what it is, is to imagine you're sitting on the side of a stream with a friend and as you're having a picnic, enjoying the water, you start to hear a kid who's screaming, who's floating down the water. And so you and your friend jump in, drag the kid over to the side of the water, back up on the side of the shore. And just as you get back on the shore, another kid starts floating down by you. And uh, you both hop in again, pull the kid to the side, but kids start coming down faster and faster to the point where you can't even get out of the water. Your sole focus is dragging kids who are floating down, almost drowning out of the water. And as you're doing this over and over again, your friend gets out of the water and starts walking up the side of the bank of the river. And you yell, where are you going? All these kids are going to drown. And your friend yells back to you, I'm going upstream to tackle the guy who's throwing the kids in the water. And in so many ways, 
we get stuck in cycles of response in our life. We are putting out fires, we're dealing with the immediate chaos, instead of going upstream to actually deal with the thing that's causing the chaos in the first place. And that is what doing your work is all about, is going upstream, is getting out ahead of it, is dealing with maybe hurts or chaos that have happened in your life that are now bubbling up in ways and causing you to act or respond in ways that aren't helpful or not serving you well. And so doing your work is doing the thing that is gonna serve you best to lessen the chaos in your life. It might be going to a therapist, it might be scheduling a dentist appointment. I mean, it probably looks different for all of us, but doing our work is essential to deciding to rise. It's probably the foundational piece that really allows us to rise to the fullest extent and to take that next step to what God is calling us to do. And our kids are watching us. So good. Uh, That story is mind blowing to me because of what you just said. We get trapped in just the response instead of doing the work that it's going to take. And especially as speaking to our leader audience, we have to do the work if we are in charge of leading other people. And that's in our homes, in our mops, in our communities. And so, uh, wow, really good. I love that. And our last one is chase joy. And we really intentionally chose that word chase because it's actually a pursuit. It takes some effort on our part. And there's this really unique thing about joy is that joy comes from inside of us. It's something that we cultivate and curate and notice where happiness is something that happens to us. And we're kind of at the mercy of it happening to us. Joy is something that is God-given and that we can cultivate from within us and is especially necessary in times when the world feels chaotic or our lives feel chaotic and we're not quite sure what the future holds, that we can still have moments of joy. And this is really important, I think, as moms, because joy is considered one of the top five most contagious emotions that we have as human beings. So that means that when we are experiencing joy, it bubbles down to our kids and our husbands and our neighbors. And so it's really a privilege and a way that we lead is by cultivating joy internally so that then we can um, help others to do that as well. It's so true. I think you touched on the, the key ingredient there that joy comes from the Lord. It's, it's internal, but the way that that can like manifest out into the world is so contagious. And, you know, I think of people that I think are joyful and you just love to spend time with them, right? Because they just exude joy. And I love also what you said that these are active, like each one of these, be strong, do your work, chase joy. It requires action on our part. And I love that. So this isn't just like sit back and read a couple things and go on your life we're really challenging our moms and our leaders this year to like participate in their life, to participate in these pursuits and being strong and doing your work and chasing joy are just incredible ways and something that we can all rally around together. So what would you like to tell our leaders? How would you like them to really think about the theme and then use this in their life this year? I think that this is a year, and I was praying this week, um, thinking about this conversation that we're going to have, and I felt like God was really 
challenging and charging us as leaders that this is a really important and significant moment, not only in the world, but in our individual lives and in our individual leadership. So I really feel like at this moment, God is raising up moms like never before. I actually had a friend who's a prayer warrior in California and a man call me up and say, Mandy, I've, I felt like God impressed on me this week that he is going to use the leaders of moms and moms around the world to do something that we have never seen in the history of humanity before. That this is the moment where God is going to intervene in history in a profound way and that he is going to use the women who have birthed humanity to birth something new in the world. And through the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I feel like we as leaders have a moment to rise, to step up, to take action, to really listen closely. And so my charge would be to spend time every day listening to what God wants you to do, what God wants you to say, where God wants you to go, and what God wants you to plan for the year. And I think when we collectively are listening closely to the heartbeat and words of God, that he is going to speak to us words like never before and empower us like never before. And so the first thing would be to pray diligently, which I know is kind of prosaic, but I so uh, with all of my heart believe in the power of prayer and the power of listening to God. Absolutely. And then secondly, I would ask you to own the position of leadership that God is giving you for this coming year. And so often as leaders, it's easy when we get feedback or criticism or someone doesn't like the type of coffee creamer we picked out to be like, I'm not the right person for the job. Well, yes, you are. You are in this position because you have been handpicked by God and that is not an accident. And even if you feel like it's an accident that you are in this position, that was specifically designed all of those, you know, circumstances that put you in this position are for such a time as this. You are uniquely equipped and appointed to be a leader of your group and your um, mocks experience this year. And so to own that completely and recognize that God is equipping you and giving you everything you need to lead. And so to own that with all of your heart and to not let feedback or criticism or self-doubt or anything else that bubbles up in your spirit over the course of the year to deter you from what God is calling you to do this year. And then third, I would say to experience an incredible amount of joy as you lead. Because leading is hard sometimes, but it can also be filled with so much fun and camaraderie. And the posture that you bring to leadership is going to really impact everyone else around you and your group. And so if you come with joy and with humility and with the sense that God has got it, even if you feel like you don't, then that is going to change the entire ethos and the entire feeling that happens in your MOPS group. So lead with joy, um, recognize that you are the person for the job this year, and to pray without ceasing. Those are my charges for the year. Oh, that's so good. Thank you so much. We need charges. And I think uh, this time in our history, like you said, like none other, we get the opportunity, but we have to first believe that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And as you had mentioned earlier, I'm super excited about all the resources that are coming their way uh, for our leaders this year. And one really big one is this beautiful new book called Proclaim Peace. And it is incredible. And 
just a huge shout out to Kelly Jordan and her team, but especially Kelly. Um, She owned this project and it is so well written and it will just take you through like proclaiming the peace of Jesus. And I think we will see leaders using this book. And I think many, many people will strengthen their faith in the Lord. And I believe many, many people will come to know Jesus for the first time because this book was written. And so you'll be receiving that. You'll be receiving our leader guide, which of course gives you all of the great meeting plans and fabulous ideas to carry out this theme this year. And then the mentors, we created a special book for you as well. And so please listen to the podcast, read your connections, emails. We offer you these great things because we want you to have all the tools and tips to be able to carry out leading a MOPS group. So Mandy, thank you for being an incredible leader. Thank you for leaning into what God is sharing with you and then sharing it with us. And together, this is going to be our year that we decide to rise. Thanks for being with me today. It's been awesome talking with you. Oh, so good to talk with you. 